I want some shouting and praising the Lord going on. Amen. We ought to shout and praise the Lord. He's been good to us. Better than we deserve. And surely better than we've been to him. Let's go back in Psalms 31 and let me give you some more of that. Because I didn't get it all finished the other night and I may not get it all finished tonight. That's all right. Psalms 31, if you will. Stand for the reading of God's word, and let's start in verse number 1 again. Psalms 31, verse number 1. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me. For thou art my strength. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regarded lying vanities, but I trust in thee, Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversity and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sign. My strength faileth because of my iniquities, and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to my acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. And I, notice this, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many, Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They divide, notice this, they take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things, proudly, contemptuous. Notice this. Against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, 
which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence. From the pride of man thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. O Lord, O love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserveth, notice this, the faithful and plentiful, rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Brother Herod, ask the blessing. Amen, amen. As you take your seat, I know I preached part of this the other night and just highlighted it really. Let's start back in verse number one and in that verse we're going to see in thee. You know that's the main thing about us tonight is being in the Lord. This is a Wednesday night crowd, the strong crowd, the backbone of the church. And I know that most of you, if not all of you, are in the Lord. Because that crowd that's not in the Lord is not faithful to the Lord. They're not faithful to their church. They're not faithful to their Bible reading. They're not faithful in their prayer life. They're not faithful in their witnessing because they're not truly in the Lord. But that Wednesday night crowd and Sunday night crowd, they're the backbone that's stout enough to take good solid heart preaching. And with the Lord's help, I'll do some of that tonight. But in verse number 2, he said, Bow down thine ear to me. Notice what he said that in verse number 2, But thou... My strong rock for a house of defense. God is our defense. That's the only defense we have. Amen. Notice what he said in verse number 3. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Notice that. Therefore thy namesake lead me and guide me. You know the trouble with a lot of Christians tonight. They're being led by Dr. So-and-so or this book, or that book, instead of being led by God Almighty and the Word of God. And therefore, they get in trouble. I thought years ago, before I was ever a Christian, my boss man at the time was a good man. I, I loved him dearly. He loved me. And he, he was a great believer in some of these TV evangelists. And they began to fall like dominoes and nearly destroyed him and his faith. And, and me as a lost man, I said, son, you go to church over there at Antioch Baptist Church. I said, ain't that pastor over there as good as any of those TV evangelists? And this is a lost man talking to him. He said, sure he is. He's a good man. I said, well, you know his life. Why don't you put your trust more in him than you do uh, Jim Jones and Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggard? I said, you know that man. You know he lives in your neighborhood. 
You know how he preaches. You know how he lives. I said, these other fellows, you see them for 30 minutes a week or an hour a week on television or whatever. And I said, that's all you know about them. You don't know what they're doing behind the scene. But put your trust in the Lord, not in man to start with. So he, he looked at me kind of funny and a little while later he said, you know you're right. I said, no, I'm not right. The Word of God's right. And this is a lost man talking to him. Uh, me. <laughs> I'm glad he is my rock. I'll just be honest with you. I've had a lot of church folk let me down. I've had a lot of church folk stab me. I've had a lot of church folk just quit. Amen. I've had a lot of church folk, amen, that tried to destroy the work of God instead of help the work of God. I'm glad he is my fortress. I'm glad he leads me for his name's sake. I want to say this to us tonight. I'm free will Baptist by choice, but I'm Christian by choice also. Amen. He chose me long before I ever chose him. But when I made a choice for him, I promote him more than I do the free will Baptist. Say amen. Amen. He is the one that is leading and guiding. Notice what he said in verse number four there. He said, pull me out. Now think about that. Listen to what he said. Of the net that they have laid privately for me. Isn't it a crying shame, folks, that that everybody that sits on a church pew is not for the church? Isn't that sad? Isn't it sad that everybody that sits on a church pew has their name on the roll, been baptized, carrying a Bible under their arm, doesn't stand for the Lord Jesus Christ? They're not standing for the blood. They're in it for ulterior motives, whatever it might be. Isn't that sad that we have to say that about the house of God? Isn't it funny tonight that we look at this scripture and the psalmist is saying, pull me out. Pull me out. Now think about that. When was the last time you really asked God to pull you out of it? Amen. Lord, don't let me fall into them traps. (laughs) Don't misunderstand what I'm fixing to say. I appreciate you telling me you enjoyed the messages and stuff like that. But I learned a long time ago, watch them at brag on you a lot. <laughs> They're the next in fixing to stab you in the back. Amen. I mean, tell me you like the message. Tell me you hated the message. Tell me I burnt you up or you didn't understand nothing. But tell me the truth. Amen. Uh, uh, isn't it funny that those that shout the loudest sometimes don't walk the straightest. Amen. Uh, isn't it funny that, that we have those that will come into church and they'll shout her out for two or three weeks, then you don't see them for two or three months. Oh, come in like a wildfire. Amen. I've even had people over the years have said, where, where was that fella run? Where was that fella shouted so much? Well, give it a little while. He'll be back around. That's the way they are. And they're privately laying a snare A lot of times for young Christians. Now think about this church. Our babies are looking at us to see how much we think of church. Amen. They look around even if they're not your children and they'll say, where's so-and-so? 
Why ain't he here? And you are an influence on their lives. Don't let the devil get you privately. Amen. He said in verse number 5, Into thy hands, hold on now, there is where the commitment needs to be. Into thy hands. Are you with me? I commit my spirit. <laughs> Let's stop right there this second. If you ain't wholeheartedly sold out to God, you ain't in this thing. I mean, you've got to put your spirit into it. Hello? What does that mean? That means you love it. I mean, when it don't feel good, you still love it. When you're so tired you can't lift another finger, you still love it. Amen. And anybody that's ever worked for God has been there at one time or another. I mean, been so tired you could have laid down the floor and took a nap. Brother Scotty Calloway and I was talking about this yesterday, about preaching revivals and stuff. And I told him, I said, I've been so tired at times. My wife had to drive me home while I slept. I was that tired. I've left church on Sunday. Instead of going to the steakhouse, go to my house and go to bed, I'd be so tired. Why, the Holy Ghost wrung it out of me. Now think about that tonight. When was the last time you put your whole spirit into the worship of the Lord? Into the praise of God? Into the work of God? <laughs> we got too many half-heartedly in the work of God. Oh, I'll come. There ain't nothing else going on. One of the lamest excuses I ever heard was, well, I can't come. I got to mow my grass. I don't like mowing my grass that much. I'd rather be at the house of God, hadn't you, than mow my grass. Now think about that. And I thought, you don't know what you said when you said that. You'd rather be abused out there in the hot sun, sweating, pushing the more, riding the more, whatever you're doing, rather than to be in the blessed presence of God at the house of God. <laughs> Isn't that sad? that people have that in their mind. He said, I've committed my spirit. Now notice what he said. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord. What is he saying? You saved me. You saved me, Lord. I know I'm saved because I've committed my spirit. And when we say spirit, that, listen, when I first got saved, a lot of folk didn't like this saying, but I said it a lot. I'm radically saved. Brother Heard, a lot of people didn't know what that meant. They said, well, what does that mean? I said, to the bone, all the way through, not just on the outer shell. I'm radically saved, plumb to the middle of this thing. And if you've committed your spirit unto the Lord, you had to give it all the way down, everything in you. Amen. We need a few that will totally sell out to God. The things of God should come first, but they don't. He said, Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. He said, Lord, you've told me the truth. You remember what he told the woman at the well, right? He said, You've had five husbands, the one you is not yours. What'd she say when she went back to town? Come see a man told me all. Amen. And he still loved me. Amen. Wanted me to drink his water. Hello? Isn't that right? <laughs> Listen, do you love anybody that much? Now listen to the next verse. I'm trying to get up to where I left off. I've hated them that regarded lying vanities, but I trust in thee, Lord. 
Well, we'll get in trouble right there with that scripture tonight because we're so supposed to be so tolerant of everybody's ideals about church. And I said earlier about listening to some of the news. I've been listening to some, and it's so depressing. I listened to a debate today where they were debating, and the congressman asked the lady a simple question to answer yes or no, and she gave a 10-minute speech and never, ever answered the question. He said, ma'am, do you not understand the question? Do you know what a woman is? That's what he asked her, a simple question. Do you know what a woman is? She said, I'm one. He said, well, tell me what that is. You know, she never did tell him. You know why? Because she wanted to jump around the situation to where she narrowed it down to say there was a difference between a man and a woman. Her point of being wanting to get on the board that she was wanting on was she wanted to get on there neutral in gender. In other words, whatever they want to associate with that day. And that was what he was trying to get her to say. Do you know what a woman is? Do you know what a man is? Isn't that the way it is a lot of times in church? Uh, people really don't know what a Christian is. They don't know what wholeheartedly and the whole spirit is uh, given to God because they've never experienced a one-on-one relationship with God. They've never experienced the truth, the unadulterated truth of God's Word. Listen, God was plain. He said, you became a new creature. If your desires and you're still following them when you were lost, you're still lost. You never got saved. We want to have a debate over as they say, boy, as they lost, are they here? Listen, if they ain't living right, they can't be right. Amen. Oh, we all have mistakes. We all have times that we want to kill a week's burying. Yes, we do. But we also have a Holy Ghost conviction when we have those mistakes in our heart. Stay with me, don't let me lose you. He said, I've hated them that regard lying vanity. <laughs> Let me say it one more time. If they ask the question and then they'll say, don't you agree? They're wanting you to agree more than likely with a lie. They're wanting you to get on their side in a roundabout way. You know them lawyers, they can ask the same question 14 different ways. They can answer it 25 different ways and never give you an answer. Hello? Politicians are the same way. Why do you think lawyers make such good politicians? They know how to evade the question. Now think about it tonight. If somebody asks you, what is a Christian? Are you going to say, I am? Well, it's easy to say I am harder to prove I am and the word said prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God any proof in you that you're a Christian 
if we take you up there with Chris to the courtroom, are they going to find you guilty of being a Christian? Biblically? Not lying vanities. Oh, well, the Bible said even the devil believed in tremble. Come on, folks. He believed in tremble. That didn't make him saved. Hello? He ain't going to heaven. He knew of God. He knew all about God. But he didn't know him personally in the free pardon of sin. You can know all about church. You can know all about the association. You can know all about the book and still not know God. He said, I've hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in thee, Lord. Now notice what he said, and this one I hope and pray you get tonight. He said what? I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercies. That's a positive statement, Harry. Hold on, I'm going to preach to us. He didn't say if I felt like it. He said I am. That means when he felt like it, when he didn't feel like it, like the little boy flying the kite when he could see it and when he couldn't see it. Amen. When you felt saved and you didn't feel saved. How many ever felt unsaved? <laughs> How many ever had the voice tell you in the head, you ain't saved? He never told me that till I got saved. No, he never whispered that in my ear. No, before I got saved, he's always saying, you're all right. I you as good as they are. Yeah. The minute you give your heart to God, he'll say, well, you know you didn't get saved. You know that. Now think about it tonight, church. Do we really rejoice in our salvation? He told us hard in the book, he said, rejoice because your name is written there. Your name's written there. He didn't say that you felt like it. He didn't say your health was good, your finances were good, preaching was good, the singing was good, the service was good. He said, just rejoice because you know your name's there. Can you rejoice tonight? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Was you glad today was Wednesday? You know how many people got up today and said, oh, God, today's Wednesday. I've got to go to church now. I got up this morning and said, oh, boy, the day's Wednesday. I get to go to church tonight. There is a difference in getting to go and got to go. There is a difference in rejoicing and being glad. Most Christians rejoice when the preacher says, amen, dismissed. I know a lot of folk, that's the only time to shout. <laughs> Woo, we get to go. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy. For thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversity. <laughs> you think God don't know you tonight? Oh, he knows you better than you know you. Amen. Now notice what he said next. This is important. You know me. You know what I am. You know how I act. You know what I do. And now notice what he says. And hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Amen. In other words, God, you, you know all about me. And as sorry as I am, you didn't turn me over to the enemy. 
as little as I've done for you, as least I've praised you, and no more than what I've done, you should have turned me over to the enemy, but you didn't. How many in here is guilty tonight of not worshiping? Every one of us at some time or another is guilty of not worshiping. How many is, is conditional worship? Or oh, if they sing the right song, I'll shout her out. <laughs> How many sits in the pew and bargains with God? Now, God, if you'll let them do this, I'll do this. I want to be like the old man in the geography book. Does everybody remember that story? The old man shouted it out in church every week. Deacons went to him, took him into the back room, said, sir, we can't have that around here. That man said, every time I look in the book and I read about him, he said, I get happy and I have to shout. They said, well, sir, we'll give you a book next week. Well, he come into church, sat down in his pew, and the deacons went to him and gave him a geography book. And he's sitting in the church with a geography book in his hand. And he's turning pages. And all of a sudden he jumps up and goes to shouting it out. They drag him into the back and said, Hey, we give you a geography book. It ain't got Jesus in it. What are you shouting about? He said, It told me how deep the sea was. And that's where my sins are. <laughs> and he shouted it out. That God has put his sins in the depth of the sea. You can shout, folks. God allows it. Amen. He wants rejoicing in his house. I'm reading to you and preaching to you tonight. We've come short a lot of time in our worshiping because we worship conditionally. God, if Chris will sing that song or somebody will sing that, if somebody else will testify, I'll jump up and shout. I'll run and ring the bell. I'll make a lap around this place. Conditional. <laughs> you need to read the geography book. Right? You ought to have something to shout about tonight. Amen. <laughs> Thou hast my soul in adversity. Thou hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy, thou hast set my feet in a large room. <laughs> you don't understand that, do you? He set you free. There's room. There's room to worship. There's room to grow. There's room to praise Him. There's room to bring your offerings. There's room to read your Bible. There's room to witness. There's plenty of room. He put me in a large room. He hadn't confined me because he set me free. He set me free because the blood covered my sins. And I'm free indeed tonight because of his blood. He set me in a large room. I don't see no problem running in here tonight, do you? See any problem with shouting or praising the Lord in here tonight? Plenty of room. For those that wanted to come. Have you ever thought about this? Wonder how many of the ark could have held. If they'd have got on. Amen. Now listen. I ain't been up there in Kentucky. But my oldest boy said. Daddy I've been through that road. Many a time before they build it. He said daddy you can see it miles. Before you get to it. Miles before you get to it. 
So it wasn't like it was a rowboat. There was room. God ensured that there was enough room for everything that wanted on board to get on board. There was enough provisions there to feed them for the time limit they was going to be on board. God made sure of that. Now, we are in a large room. Are we free? Then why do we act like we're in prison? How many's ever been to prison? I've been to prison preaching. Bell rings, you do this. Bell rings, you do that. Yeah. When a guard enters in, you're silent. You're waiting for him's instructions to tell you what to do. They've got a form that says, when this goes on, you do this. When this goes on, you do that. And they're learnt that. And they're in confinement. They'd only have just a little cell. They only have just a little hallway. They only have just a little time. You've got this much time to eat. You've got this much time to shower. Then the doors are going to be locked on your cell. So they're in confinement. And we're free. Totally free if we want to be. But we confine ourselves. So many Christians that I know say, Lord... Listen to me. I can't. What you're really saying is, Lord, I won't. I won't do it, Lord. I'm going to help everybody here or kill us all one. You know why we say that? Lord, Lord, I can't sing as good as they can. Who cares? Who cares? Sister Martin, Lord God... She was 90-some year old. She'd lost her tone in her ears. She'd lost her timing. But when she'd go to singing about Jonah and the well, the Holy Ghost would get to moving. And son, you talking about touching the prayer bells of heaven. And that little feeble voice just praising God the only way it knew how. No, it didn't have that youthful sound it once did. It didn't have the volume it once had. But it had the Holy Spirit that a lot of them don't have. It ain't that we can't, it's that we don't. We can sing. It may not be good, right? It may not be even loud, but we can. Why should we sing? Because he asked us to. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He said, sing. Wasn't that what he said? He didn't say, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to pick out just a few good ones. and going to let. No, he said, sing, all ye lands. Sing. He said, make that joyful noise. Didn't he say, praise the Lord? So he is not asking for us to be qualified. He's asking for our availability to be used. (laughs) I like this part. Preacher, I didn't bring nothing today. How many has ever used that excuse? What's happening in your heart? You know that that you sing in the shower, going down the interstate? I ain't talking about no rock and roll, no country junk. I'm talking about the gospel songs. Amen? That you sing in the car to the Lord. What's wrong with that one? I mean, sing it from your heart. That's what God wants anyhow. Hello? 
He's just saying sing. He didn't say sing well, sing in time, sing good. He didn't say be a perfect. He just said sing. You're in a large room. You've got opportunity. Isn't it funny that the pastor every week says, if I got a song, I've had this actually happen. You know, he didn't ask me to sing. Well, aren't you somebody? Don't that qualify as anybody? I've had people actually tell that, Chris. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't call my name to sing. Uh, well, you want me to get Gail to go back there and get the letters and run out there and put it on the sign that you're fixing to sing so people will stop and run in here and hear you? Hello? Uh, uh, honey, you put that on your agenda. From now on, you have to run outside. We might order just go ahead and order an electronic one, right? Because, uh, uh, I mean, if you're going forward, I am too. I want you to put my message out there. Hello? I mean, if you're going to get all the publicity, let me have a little of it. Preacher's fixing to preach. You want to come in? You watch them speed up. (laughs) We're in a large room. We can, but we don't. (laughs) Aren't you glad that you can be glad and rejoice? You want to really unnerve somebody? Just rejoice. I mean, just no reason at all. Just go to rejoicing. Hello? I've heard a lot of old sisters in the choir, you know, it'd be kind of quiet. Maybe a night like tonight, the house wasn't full, and it's kind of quiet. Sister Mary would get cranked up and go shouting. <laughs> Scare you absolutely to death because it's like it just come out of nowhere. How? And here she'd go, son. hundred mile air, screaming the top of her lungs. Every hair on my body would stand up. Yeah. Leave her like a banshee Indian. This, wasn't no reason. Just Holy Ghost on her. You ever just shout it because you can? You ever just praise him because you can? That's rejoicing. Amen. Mm-mm. <laughs> he hadn't shut you up. You ought to go ahead and do it, right? He's had mercy on you, verse 9. He said, Lord, I'm in trouble. My eyes consumed with grief. Are you with me? Yea, my soul and my belly. Lord, I see it. I feel it. I taste it. You ever been so grieved that you didn't eat? I thought at one time my sister-in-law was going to starve herself to death over her child. She probably lost 30 or 40 pounds not eating. Why? She's grieving over her child. The condition that that child was in. What it was happening to live in. And what was happening to that child. She is grown and married. But she was grieved in her spirit so much that she wouldn't eat. Have you ever been that way? That's called you've been consumed. Are you with me? Stay with me. He said, for I'm in trouble. My eye is consumed. With what? 
grieve. He said, yea, not only do I see it, stay with me, my soul, he said, down in my spirit, Lord, it's down inside of me. I, I, I'm in grief. Stay with me, Lord, God help me, Jesus. Yea, my soul and my belly. Lord, I can't even eat. Mm. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of my iniquities. I want to tell you something. When you truly realize you are a sinner to the point he's at right now, are you with me? God's fixing to do something for you. But until you can get lost, you'll never get saved. Until you get sick and tired of what you've been to doing and how you've been to living, what's going on in your life, to where your eye sees it and your soul is grieved by it, and it's got you in a state that where food ain't even uh, tempting you to eat, you don't want it, you don't need it, because you're consumed. You're fixing to get saved or sure miss a good opportunity. Mm. Oh, because of my iniquities and my bones are consumed, I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. Stay with me. And a fear to my acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. You ever seen anybody even the lost didn't want to be around? Brother Hard, you might remember this. Some of you might remember. When I was a little boy living in Stumptown, you could see the mamas take their babies out on the porch when this certain man come down the road. And nine chances out of ten, he was drunk. I mean beyond drunk. And they'd say, there goes the devil. There goes the devil. And they'd point him out. He was that wicked a man. He was that ungodly that, that the mothers would take their children and say, don't do that. Look at that man. Look what he's a doing. Look how he's a living. Preacher Carl and I led him to the Lord. He was 91 year old. Led him to the Lord. He is fastened in his bed. Couldn't get out. Went to him and talked to him. And this is the words he said. He couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't do nothing for himself anymore. And he said this, brother hired to me and preacher Carl. He said, boys, I'm just afraid I can't live it. I said, dad, you're 91 year old. You're, you're bed fast. You can't get up. You can't do nothing. I, and you're afraid you can't live it. He said, yeah, I'm afraid I can't live it. I, I preacher Carl said, let me tell you something. If you'll just turn it over to God, he'll help you to live it. Well, old boy give his heart to God, and he said, pull that drawer out. Get that bottle of liquor out. Pour it out. He is done. A couple of years he died. He's 93 when he died. But I thought about this. If mamas took their babies out to see that, wouldn't that have been a great testimony if that man had been able to go to churches? Especially to those that had saw him in the state that he had been in for all of those years. Amen. Here to talk about the love and the mercy of God. Another gentleman that I knew well. 
he'd had a stroke and they said he was probably going to die. Went to him, talked to him about the Lord and he wouldn't surrender to God. And his wife told me, said he's an atheist, he don't believe in God. Well, we were talking and this guy that heard us talking, he said, I was an atheist, I got saved two months ago. He said, I'll go talk to him, where's he at? He's in Marion Hospital and by the time he got to go to him, They'd shipped him all the way to Spruce Pine to a nursing home. And he went over there and led him to the Lord. Now let me tell you why the man had never surrendered to God. This is out of his own mouth. He said, God had called me to preach and I'd run all these years. He said, I knew if I got saved, I'd have to preach. He spent the rest of his days preaching from that bed. Everybody that came in that room, he preached to them about the love and the mercy and the grace of God till the day he died. But I thought to myself, what if he had surrendered when God first called him? I'm sure God would have extended his days. I'm sure that he'd had a better life. But he narrowed his lifespan. He narrowed his joy. He narrowed his love and mercy because he'd rather say I'm an atheist than to be saved. Because he knew when you get saved there's responsibilities. There's a lot of folks running right now because they don't want to accept the responsibility of being a Christian. They don't want to have to give up some pet peeves that maybe they have. This was a good man. He was a moral man. He didn't do anything that I know of. Worked hard. Provided for his family well. But he just didn't want to surrender to the will of God. Can you imagine? Now I'm going to speak for myself. I ran for 20 years. You want me to tell you what kind of misery that was? I'll put it this way. It was hell on earth. Hell on earth, because I ran for 20 years. God called me when I was 12, and I was 32 when I surrendered. 20 years without God. 20 years of torment. 20 years of doing all the devil. I had narrowed my room. The joy was in a bottle, or a joint, or drugs, or a night out. It was never in me. It was always in things. And when the things was gone, the joy was gone. When the night was over, then repercussions of what you had done that night. And grief and misery and troubles and broke knuckles. Yeah. Troubles and trials. Simply because I wouldn't truly surrender to the Lord Jesus. You want to know why this psalm is so important? He wants to enlarge our room. Not narrow it. He wants to enlarge. Listen, heaven is a great big place. 1,500 mile cubic. Hello, any direction you want to go is 1,500 miles. Up, down, sideways, whatever. It's 1,500 miles to the next one. Now think about that. If heaven's that big a place, how big a room do you need? I like what preacher Ken Frady said right there one night. He said, who can tell me what the fastest thing known to man is? Some people said jets, spaceships, different things, speed of light. 
He said, no, a thought. He said, in heaven you'll say, well, I'd like to see old Dave, and it doesn't matter if he's 1,500 miles away, you'll see Dave. I want to see the Lord. Boom, you'll see him. Why? Because our bodies are not limited there by the things we're limited here. And I'd never thought of it in that perspective. Hey, hey, I want to see so-and-so. Now, hold on just a minute. I know what some of you are thinking. No, some of you are thinking, what if they went to hell? You'll never remember them. Because if you ever remembered them, you'd cry your eyes out. There's no tears in heaven. So God will take them completely out of your memory forever. You'll never remember them. It's as though they had never, ever been in your life. Now think about that. You want to know why we ought to work now? Amen. I don't want them blotted out of my memory. I want them to be there where I can associate and fellowship with them. Lord, help me. Am I running over almost? I am almost got back to where I was Sunday night. Verse 12 said, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. When you break a vessel, what do you do with it? What do you do with a dead man? You bury it. Out of sight, out of mind. He's saying that's the way I feel. Are you with me? Stay with me. I'm going to hurry. I'm going to get two or three more scriptures and I'm going to end it tonight. He said, for I've heard, notice this, the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. Do you know right now a sweep in America would love to close every church down that preaches and does what this church does. They want us to accept the new way. Oh, anything goes. No. He said, but I trust in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. Isn't it time we say that? My times are in thy hand. God, you've got all my time in your hand. You know what I'm leaving here. You know when I was born, you know when I'm leaving. I'm trusting in you, Lord. Stay with me now. Deliver me from the hand of my enemy. Listen, if he has to take you out of here, he will deliver you. And from them that persecute me. Now, I'll close with verse 16. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercies sake two things or three there I want you to see he said make thy face talking to God shine upon me then what's the next two words thy servant are you his servant tonight he said save me why why should I be saved for thy mercy's sake because you said from the cross, it is finished. You said in your word, whosoever will, let him come. And he said, because you said those words, let me be saved because of that. And I brought myself to you, Lord, and I'm saying, you are my God. You are my strength, my fortress, you are my all in all. But listen, if you 
really, truly mean that tonight, that he is your all in all, nobody ain't going to have to beg you to come to church. Nobody ain't going to have to beg you to give your testimony. Ain't nobody going to have to beg you to pay tithes, work at the church. Ain't nobody going to have to beg you to stand up and sing a song every once in a while for the glory of God. Why? Because His mercy was given to you and your praise wants to be given to Him because of His mercy. Are you with me tonight, church? I just touched the edge of it tonight. So maybe the Lord will let me finish it. Maybe Sunday night. There's a lot in this scripture and the trouble with scripture is it's alive. Amen. Amen. And I could preach it all in the next three or four services and turn right around and start all over and preach it fresh and new again. Because it changes with the situation. We'll see different things in it. No matter how many times you read it, no matter how many times you preach it, you'll see something different because your circumstances change. Not that the word changes, but you look at it different. Let's stand together. Make thy face to shine upon us, Lord, tonight. For you've saved us. Lord, you are my God. I know I'm saved because, God, you gave your life, your son, your blood. You gave it, Lord, that I might be saved. And I believe it tonight, Father, that as you have saved me, God, that you have a purpose for me. God, in thee is what I started out with in this message, and it's still in you. God, help Charity's mission to realize we need to grow in that grace and knowledge, Lord. We'd never become stagnant. God, that our trust is in you. It's not, Lord, Lord, in the numbers or the facility or the bank accounts or anything other than God Almighty and the blood of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, help us to be founded and grounded upon thy love and mercy. Set us free, Lord. You put us in that large room. Let us realize that we are free in Christ to worship and praise Him. Give Him glory. So, Father, your blessings upon us tonight. Lord, take my feeble efforts here tonight. And, Lord, would you please deliver it to the heart of my people here that they may understand through and by the Holy Spirit of God. Open it unto them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.